Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. This episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel affiliate, Source Code Meditation, an online education and meditation practice for awakening your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. Go to the show notes for the link to sign up for an enlightening webinar with the creator, Dr. Michael Cotton. Today's episode is called Personal Evolution Through Creativity with Liz Kettle. Liz is a mixed-media textile artist living in Colorado. Liz began her explorations in fabric by following a traditional approach to embroidery and quilting. After filling her toolbox with the skills needed for success in the traditional arena, she began to delve into the world of art where she discovered freedom of expression. Liz is author of First Time Beating on Fabric and Know Your Needles. She is also co-author of three books, Fabric Embellishing, The Basics and Beyond, Threads, The Basics and Beyond, and Stitch Journeys. She has articles published in Quilter's Home, Quilting Arts, Quilting Arts in Stitches, and Cloth Paper Scissors Studios. Liz has also appeared in the PBS show Quilting Arts TV. She is happiest with a bit of fabric and her needle threaded and ready to stitch. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, thanks, Rachel. I'm really excited to be here. I know. I'm happy to connect with you. I know we have met through eWomen. I guess we met first through eWomen Platinum. Yep. Yeah. And then we ran into each other again and got talking about the podcast and meditation and creativity. And so I'm so excited to have you here to just share your wisdom and what you teach with the listeners. Great. Thanks. I'm really, really happy to share with everybody. Yeah. So did you have some kind of point where you had an awareness around, you know, going from a traditional approach to the arts to what you were talking about with the freedom of expression? I did. I had um, kind of um, never felt like I was expressing myself enough. I I just felt like something was lacking in the traditional approach to arts. But uh, so much of what we're told is there's a comfort and a security in being told how to do something in a very traditional manner. Uh But but you really have to step out of that comfort zone of what other people expect and what is normal in order to create something that's much more expressive and much more um, authentic to your your story. Mm. So yeah. it was it was quite difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I tell people, my students, um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. It's one oh. of those things. You never get over. I went to Catholic school from preschool through college. Okay. Um, so I definitely have that, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way. And, and mm. it's easy to slip back into that. But my through my art practice and my meditation practice, I've really been able to um, embrace the organic and unknown more than the prescribed and, and the known. Oh, I love that. I was such a rule follower. And so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. I was a good girl. I mean, I'm still a good girl, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 
I don't know that I was a good girl, but, um, (laughs) you know, in terms of in my expression, you know, like whether through education or arts or music and stuff, I wanted to just do, do the right thing instead of like, yeah, be creative myself and authentic. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really hard because, um, we, we keep thinking that somebody else is going to say, deem us worthy of the title artist. Mm. But it, it really is something that comes from inside you. And it took me a while to learn that, that no one else could decide that I was an artist. It was up to me. Mm. I love that. I know I ha- kind of had the experience of not being or expressing my creativity. And I didn't think that I was good at it. I remember just feeling that way in school. You know, we had the example. Yep. And then here you kind of do that too. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the way our society is um, kind of raised. It's the way our school system is and the way our, our society is. We're very left brain dominant because we like things to have clear cut answers. That mm. gray, gray space where there is no right answer, like in art, is it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's been something that I've given my per, myself permission to do. You know, as I became more interested in the healing arts over the last several years, attending, you know, a workshop where we were kind of led through a more like guided um, meditation to into a creating, you know, finding an image and then putting that on paper. And yeah. I just like, it was maybe no one else would look at it and think it was neat. But for me, it was really special. It was right. my creation, you right. know? Yeah. And that that's really important. And it's one thing that I've been really trying to share with my students a lot, because especially when you're starting out, like trying to make art and trying to be more expressive of finding your own way of creating, uh, we tend to worry about what other people will think. Mm-hmm. But the only real reason to make art is to please yourself. Oh, you can't make art to please someone else because then it's not authentic. It's not coming from you. It's not your story. Right. But that's, that's different from the way we're, we're raised, you know, it's like, well, a real artist is somebody who can sell their art and somebody else will have to de- tell them, tell the world that they're a real artist and we should mm-hmm. buy their art. Yeah. And so then what is the power of creating art if you aren't someone who's out there selling your art? Oh, uh, it's, it is the, one of the most important things, um, that it, uh, in our humanity, um, we forget that art originated from everyday humans. Um, I like to, um, call what I do everyday art mm. and it's for every human. I love that. Because creating is part of what makes us human and part of what makes us um, empathetic and more gra- grateful and more aware of the wonder around us. And when we're not making with our own hands and we're just consuming, it's, I mean, we can all buy pretty things, but mm-hmm. it's so much more important to make something, uh, even if it's not pretty, even if it's not, even if no one else thinks it's beautiful, mm-hmm. because that is part of what makes us human. Well, a really good example is my stitch meditation practice. So every day I make a small four by four inch piece of collage, textile art collage. Mm. And people always ask me, well, what are you going to do with these? It's like, well, I sell some, but I just 
it's not about what I'm going to do with them. That's not important. Mm. The important thing is the process of actually making them. And we've, yeah. we've kind of forgotten that. Like everything has to have a reason and a purpose. So oh, right. Just having them in a basket is not a good enough reason. Mm. You know, it's like people, I have this um, Facebook group up, uh, a bunch of different people who do, have joined my stitch meditation practice. And um, we all share our pieces every day. And the most common question from people not doing it is, well, what are you going to do with all those? Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it's about the journey of doing it. You learn so much about yourself when you make art, whether it's a tiny little four by four piece or a massive mural on the side of a building. It's all about self-discovery, mm. um, self-learning. And what would be an example of something someone might learn about themselves through creating art? Um, one of the things I have learned the most is to trust myself, to trust my instinct. You know, our um, over the last couple centuries, we've really been told um, that our intuition is not to be trusted if it's not hard facts, left brain science, mm, that, right. that it's not valid. It's too gray. Um, so learning how to trust my own instincts about what feels right and what, what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and whether it's in a piece of art or uh, in a bigger life decision, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's been a huge. Um, another thing has become a little bit more comfortable with, being uncomfortable because mm. every, every day I start off with this little white piece of fabric that I put more fabric on top and so every day I have this blank page and it's that uncertainty about is this going to work is this a waste of my time is um of course meditation is never a waste of your time but no <laughs> <laughs> um but there is that you know kind of blank page syndrome you have to get over it's um oh I hear you yeah overcoming fear and fear of failure, not everything I, not every stitch meditation I create is beautiful. Some of them are just, eh, you know, nobody would buy it. It's just, but it, <laughs> I don't know if I believe you, Liz, but. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because sometimes I post them whether they're ugly, where I think they're ugly or not. But sometimes the ones I think are the weirdest people. Are like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it's, um, just learning about um, how to just get past those fears that keep us back mm-hmm. and how to sit calmly and quietly, which I think is hard for a lot of people. Oh, that's so significant to sit calmly and quietly. Yeah. I love the way you said that. Well, and that's, uh, I started the whole stitch meditation process because I was a failure at meditation. Oh, um, I was really sick, um, and my doctor said, "Like you got to change your whole life. You you got to learn how to meditate. You got to." I'm like, "What? Okay." Oh, yeah. um, and I tried very hard all types of traditional meditation, and mm-hmm. I just there's nothing worse than feeling like you're a failure in meditation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I could do it for like a day, and then it just I couldn't do it. It just didn't work, and. Um, Eventually, I read one book that was like, you know, the way we've been taught meditation is often um, doesn't resonate with a Western woman the way we are in the world. So that kind of gave me permission to think about, well, how else might I meditate? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 
I thought, well, I'm usually I love to hand stitch and I'm very relaxed when I hand stitch. So I just kind of started this practice where I sit down with these little things and and stitch them every morning, about 20 minutes to a half an hour. Uh, the other thing it's taught me is um, a little bit more about, you know, the concept of wabi-sabi, like everything is perfect the way it is. Uh, it's a Japanese. Where, oh, okay, because I haven't wabi, heard that phrase. Yeah, wabi-sabi. Yeah. It's a Japanese um, concept. And um, I practice that in the fact that I am not allowed to take a stitch out. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's every stitch is perfect as it goes in. Mm-hmm. Whether it's straight or crooked or the, they're uneven, none of that matters. It's the accepting the imperfections. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, as you were talking about meditation, I was thinking about how, you know, meditation doesn't have to be just sit and be still. Right. You know, and I do, I have a lot of value from that in my own life, but I also take meditation through every moment of my life, you know, whether I'm going for a walk or um, just in the car with my kids, how present can I be? Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Uh, And for me, it's also been that kind of like a deep breath at the beginning of every day Mm -hmm. to just look at my look out my window and and just be so grateful of what's around me and so aware of what's around me whether it's snowing raining sleeting hailing sunny day um just to be just more oh, in the world mm-hmm. yeah and to approach life like you mentioned the wabi-sabi am i saying it right yes yes that's correct. yeah so everything is perfect Whether it's sunny or snowing, you know, we're here in April and it's been snowing (laughs) in Minnesota (laughs) and, uh, you know, lots of complaining going on, but, uh, you know, just practicing accepting acceptance of everything as is, as it is. Yeah. Which has been really helpful for me, especially when I get, um, you know, things are just all in right now. I have a lot of upheaval in my life and, um, but it's so different from other times I've had upheaval in my life because I'm just more like it'll all work out and whatever is going to happen is going to happen and it will be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's life and death in, yeah. in my upheaval at the moment. So that's good. It's, uh, you know, that's but it's cool. so easy. It's it sounds so like kind of like trusting yourself through art. Now you've yes. you're trusting life itself. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's all the, what I've learned through doing the stitch meditations. I mean, I've been making art for a really long time, and um, you get into this whole creative zone where the whole world kind of ceases to exist, and you're totally in the, the now, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing else matters. Um, but I couldn't do that every day because my my life was just a little too crazy for that. You know, I had yeah. responsibilities and I just couldn't be in that zone every day as an artist. So that these, this shortened time period has allowed me to do it every day and experience that, that just calmness and oneness that you get when you make art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people, when they're first thinking about art, they think so much about like, well, I can't draw or um, I don't know how to paint uh, and that's one of the things I love about textile arts is because it's 
it's not as scary for most people because Mm -hmm. we're so used to fabric and most people can sew on a button. (laughs) Okay. Um, So it's not, it's a little bit more familiar as an art form. Okay. Then, you know, say oil painting or um, clay, something like that. People feel very, uh, much more uncomfortable approaching art that way. But mm-hmm. uh, art is so much more than the ability to draw. And we've kind of drawn this line, especially in school. You see everybody's an artist until they're t- they get to late elementary school and they're trying to draw a, a representational thing. Mm-hmm. And And that's when kids self-select out of being, um, developing their art skills Mm -hmm. because it's being judged. You know, I, I wish that, um, all the schools had art classes and everybody got an A. Yeah. (laughs) As long as you came and you worked, you got an A. It doesn't matter whether it was subjectively good Uh or not. And I think, you know, I've learned so much just from watching my children create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what they'll do before I even come down in the morning and build and create. And <laughs> I yeah. have this messy corner um, shelving thing in our kitchen. Most people probably are like, why is their kitchen have that messy thing there? But <laughs> I, I just want my kids to like have those things there and they can pull them out and create things just because I've watched that them do that. You know, and my mom and I the other day were just talking about, you know, at what point do we lose that awe and wonder? And I wonder if that's tied into it with our creativity. Yeah. Like at what time, at what point, maybe that we start even judging our own creativity. Right, right. And it's because of the way it's taught. Uh, Instead of it being like, okay, in this hour, we're going to do whatever we want with all these materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and explore and play and ask what if what if I mix this these two colors together we've kind of tried to make it more um, follow in with the traditional school system mm-hmm. uh, you know with there's a learning objective and but you know if you just put art materials in front of kids in front even in front of adults who don't have anybody watching them yeah <laughs> uh, um, we'll just play uh-huh. and play is so important in our lives it's it's all about play is exploration and asking those what if questions and um you know i i feel like we don't spend enough time just letting our right brain out to play Mm -hmm. one of the things i tell my students um all the time is that when your left brain and your right brain connect and work together that's when your genius happens and whether you're an entrepreneur or an executive or a stay-at-home mom, you need you need those you need your genius to be out in the world. Uh, otherwise, we feel unfulfilled and you get depressed. And mm-hmm. uh, there's so many snowball effects when when we're not really reaching our genius when we're tamping it down all the time because mm-hmm. it's not important. Yeah. That is so true. I, I'm going to share this example. I kind of got to this point in re- my research career where I couldn't even do that anymore. Like I was trying to work on a paper that was being published and like my my brain just like wouldn't even, it's like I had tapped that logic part of my brain and my other part of my brain was like, wait a second, come here. Yeah. We need to like be intuitive and creative and playful. And <laughs> yeah. 
and all of that. And then it wasn't until, um, you know, I started my inner healing journey that, and, you know, doing more creative types of things and meditating and everything where I tapped into my true purpose. And then I could write a book and it flowed easily. Like it wasn't hard. Right. didn't have to be logical, all of that. And yeah. And it's like, oh, this is where it's at. This is like yeah. me sharing my soul, you know? Well, what, one of the things, um, I, I'm kind of a little bit of a research geek. So mm-hmm. um, I, and I love brain research. So it kind of fits in with um, cool. being an artist and understanding how the brain works. Uh, but the new research is showing that you know, we kind of think the left side's the analytical side and the right side is the just kind of artist creative side. But in reality, the left side is the side of the brain that pays attention to detail. It really focuses in on, on things that it can quantify mm-hmm. and explain. It's where language is and it's um, where math is. But the right side of the brain is the side that takes in the whole world and tells the left brain what to pay attention to. Mm. So if you are discounting everything that the right brain is telling you and only working on these detailed things, you're going to miss huge leaps of, of information because the left brain saying, hey, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about this? Look at this, pay attention to this. And the right brain's like, no, 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 I'm only going to pay attention to this. So in a bigger picture, historically speaking, we've never been so one-sided with our brains as Mm. we are right now. Wow. And and we can lose some really um, key parts of, of what it means to be human if we continue on that path and we won't be as inventive. We won't be as creative. We won't make those leaps forward like we did in the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Those, those, that was probably the last time that our brains were most were balanced on an everyday basis. And since then, we've been paying more and more attention to the left brain, things that we can measure. Oh, right. And it's, not that it hasn't brought us great things. I mean, the world right. has made leaps and bounds, but it's the people who also let the right brain play, uh, scientists, engineers, artists, those are the ones that kind of help the world move forward. But if we lose that ability to do that, then we, we move forward at a slower and slower pace. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. And then what about, so like the lower brain, it's, it's kind of like our brains are the multidimensional and it's Mm -hmm. not so um, fixed as we think or as we like to think about the brain and there's so much we don't know too I know (laughs) (laughs) but uh, what about like lower brain if we're like operating from a real stressed state in our life um, how does that lower brain dominance kind of affect our ability to be creative or insightful or or intuitive well when when your brain and is in crisis mode or, you know, it's, it's feeling very stressed, then it's all focused on survival. So it's really not cognizant of bringing in any, any creativity. So Mm -hmm. it really kind of kills it. And that's one of the reasons why, um, that's not right. That's not the reason why, but it's part of that stress. Like when you, when your body is really stressed, like you're under stress all the time and you're, um, 
cortisol is raising and you just your body's getting more and more inflamed and because you're just always in this fight or flight stress state mm-hmm. if you don't take the time to stop and meditate um, create those two things that are key to opening it the, into the right brain you're you're just going to get sicker and sicker that's where i was Mm. That's why my doctor said, you, you need to learn how to meditate. Yeah. <laughs> because it was, um, I had so much unrelenting stress mm. at that time. And I was just getting really, really sick. And um, part, part of it was just that I was in that fight or flight uh, lower brain all the time. Yeah. And some of that can be a habit, you know, living in drama and li- letting other people and circumstances kind of control your life and uh, buying into other people's dramas mm-hmm. that that keeps you in that lower brain and, the, and nothing's working. Yeah, that's so true. And then our neural pathways, I mean, that's all we can kind of can right. do because our neural right. pathways are stuck. building our, our brain that way. <laughs> yeah, you get stuck in there. Um, but what's so amazing about our brains is that we can change it yeah you know it's so um so plastic it's that we can go in and and disconnect all the negative pathways and the negative patterns and reconnect with new patterns Mm -hmm. through meditation through making art through great creativity and gratitude yeah that's that's cool yeah I think so I love, I love too that you had a doctor who suggested meditation. Yes. Um, I, I was most fortunate to have this amazing doctor. Um, and for him to realize that, um, that the stress, I mean, I was sick physically. I have um, some autoimmune stuff. But to also realize where the stress was playing um, a big part of that and how to, how to reduce that, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just, you know, everybody complains about their doctors, but I'm always like, oh my gosh, Dr. Louise, like fabulous. Oh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are important questions to look at in our lives, yeah. you know, yeah. because stress is the cause of like the majority of conditions right. out right. there. And, and with so much autoimmune stuff out there and it's mm-hmm. so much of it's related to um, our lifestyles. Yeah, and how we perceive the world, the busyness yep. and the stress, and yep. yeah, and all of that is is patterns. And once you re- we realize that we've developed a pattern of being in stress all the time, and we've developed a pattern of being in drama or in heightened anxiety, that we can once you learn, you can change those patterns. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's like inventing a whole new life. Yeah, kind of designing your own life. It's really awesome. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, that's how it was for me. When I started reading about the benefits and potential through meditation, I was like, oh, sign me up, really? Yep. And this actually permission to just stop and do nothing is yep. going to be like better for me than what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, <Yep>. doing, doing. <laughs> yeah. So that, that it is powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... Uh, it's, I, I wish everybody knew how how powerful it was Mm -hmm. Uh, and how powerful art is yeah Um, it's been dismissed so much and 
um, kind of re- relegated to like a certain subset. You, these people over here are artists and that doesn't apply to me, but to realize that making and maybe make, maybe I should say making instead of art because just making things, um, and creating from nothing that's, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's just stitching patches on your ripped jeans or, um, any kind of making, making a purse, making a, a bag. Uh, and I tend to think in textile things, but mm-hmm. um, painting on rocks, it doesn't matter what you're making, but just the actual act of making and to be able to say, I made that mm-hmm. is, is so uh, empowering. So true. And too, I think maybe we get stuck in, you know, cause we, as humans, there's lots of like comparing. And so we think, well, if I can't do it like that, then it's not of any value for me to do or, you know, and so it's kind of where that comparison can show up rather than just, um, just, you know, creating, expressing ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and that's also been reinforced through our, our entire way our society is and through our education system is, that it should look like this, should look like X. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you think about it, when people first started, like, making a pot and drawing some lines in it, they had nothing to refer to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if people would go back and look at ancient art, they'd be like, well, I can do that. <laughs> you oh, know? yeah. Right. And, and, that, and, and let it be simple and ethnic and, um, you know, hearkening back to... Um, simplicity uh if you look at aboriginal art so much of it is dots and lines and patterns and shapes it's all things that we can do Mm -hmm. so if you look at other other art forms and don't look think about art as a portrait of somebody that's supposed to be very realistic (laughs) (laughs) you know because art is so much broader than that it can be you know it can be white dots on a stone Mm, it yeah, have to be complicated. So true. I love that. So, is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with today regarding art, creativity? You know, the personal transformation through through creativity, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, just to don't be scared of art. Don't be scared of that word, art, and perfection. Um, one of my other, um, things my students always get tired of me hearing is it's about expression, not perfection. There is no perfection in art, just as there's no perfection in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, you can, over time, you can enhance your skills, but that doesn't even make it better. Mm -hmm. Um, So look for the joy in art and, and try and find something that you like to do that you can do, do simply every day. For me, it's my stitch meditations. It's inexpensive materials. It's scraps of fabric and some thread, a needle. Um, so that's something that's easy for me to do. But for you, it might be uh, drawing. It might, but not. I don't mean drawing like I'm going to draw a tree and it's going to look like a tree and this little squirrel. It mm-hmm. might, but it might just be drawing lines and shapes and patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and playing with shading, it, there's so many different ways. It could be dancing, making up your own dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be making up your own song. 
whether you play an instrument or you just play air guitar, it doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> you know, it's, it's find something that makes you happy and do it every day because oh. that's, that's what's important about bringing it into your life as a daily practice. And once you start doing it for a while, then you're less self-conscious of it and you're more accepting of it and of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it just doing some getting into making and creating it just changes your life in ways that you just can't predict. It's, uh, so just go do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find yeah. that thing and maybe it'll be for a week and then something else, but just yeah. follow that. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much, Liz. Oh, it was great. Great talking to you, Rachel. You too. It's oh. always awesome to connect with you. I love your heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if any of our listeners would like to connect with you or learn more about your work or how they might be able to incorporate, you know, meditation or textiles or anything like that, how would you like for them to do that? Um, The easiest is my website, which is textileevolution.com. And I'm also on Facebook. Um, And on my website, I have a 15-minute video about stitch meditation process from start to finish and and kind of what the more the why of it and the how of it so oh awesome right there everybody can it's right on the front page so you can't miss it cool and our listeners could sign up for your newsletter on that page yes. too, right yes, they can. yep my newsletter, and i'm on facebook as well and instagram so okay all, cool. all so under my name there. So. all right that's liz kettle k-e-t-t-l-e look her up Thanks again, Liz. Awesome to be with you. Yeah, it was great. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Go stitch something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, I might have a little mini sewing kit. (laughs) I could. Everybody's got some straps somewhere. Old shirt you can rip up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I did start making. I loved making friendship bracelets when I was little. Oh, yeah. Those are so fun. Yeah. So I came across my old, like, plastic box of my embroidery floss and mm-hmm. a while ago I made myself a bookmark um, yes there's this one f- uh, friendship bracelet style that are all these loops on my fingers and then I weave them like I can't set it down middle yeah. well I guess I could and just embrace that imperfection as perfection right but yeah. <laughs> but um so I made them a long time ago and then it came up to me to do that as a gift as part of a, a wedding ceremony that I was performing and oh, I found like gemstones and charms. And so I started, you know, weaving those into braids uh, at the ends and oh I started making these. It has been so fun. And I, I have used it as a meditation. I, I constantly yep. like put words that come to me as I'm weaving and with each weave, you know, I say things mm-hmm. like grace, love. Yep intuition joy peace you know <laughs> yeah weaving is so meditative it's really awesome so yeah. there you go see you've got your own weaving meditation there yeah but I'm I'm I guess ready and excited to try some other things okay great colors I love color yeah. you know yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, there's benefit to just putting color down on a page whether it's with a crayon or some paint or whatever just put yeah. color down it doesn't yeah. have to be something it can just be color Right. Yeah. I liked when you said just three dots on a rock. I was like, yeah. 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 (laughs) So I know we could talk about this stuff all day. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye.
Listeners, if you would like to stay connected and get updates about Rev with Rachel, please go to www.drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you Rachel's nine happiness and healing essentials, which talks about my favorite tools for healing. And my new book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You, is now on Amazon. It will help you to heal from the inside out by freeing different aspects of yourself. I talk about the mind, the body, um, our godly self, um, free you, free others. So check that out. And I have an app that will support you on your journey to inner healing and radiance. It is free to download and you can subscribe for more features. Information and a video on that is at www.rachelapp.com. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. EWN Podcast Network.